freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 295 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is a revival for our republic, and our guest is Alex Stovall. Alex is a former regional director for Brexit, a current army chaplain in the reserves, and a red-blooded patriot who loves his country and stands for God and the U.S. Constitution. Alex is running for Congress because our freedoms that he and his fellow veterans have fought for and died for are in jeopardy. In his words, we need a revival of our republic, and it's time to call everyone to the table for that, both Democrats and Republicans. I'm glad to know you, Alex. Absolutely. A U.S. constitutionalist Welcome. running for Congress. Welcome to the show, Yay. Alex. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, I think you said Brexit, but it is Blexit. Blexit. Is that right? Blexit? Brexit is uh, Britain, I believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Alex, you appear to be a somewhat uh, younger man than, uh, than we are, younger person than we are. Uh, where did your interest come from in throwing your hat into this very rough and tumble arena called politics? <laughs> uh, I get asked that question a lot. Well, I would say that the interest came uh, kind of in an epiphany type of approach, if you will. I had uh, intentions on going back to the active component back in June. Now, in the interim of waiting to leave, we saw the inauguration of the, well, I don't think he's president, but whoever, <laughs> whoever you would, would call this, this uh, sleepy guy in office, uh, they did it in the church. And I believe they also had a prayer. Some, I didn't really pay attention to the prayer because I felt like it was heretical, but that's besides the point, I digress. They, they concluded by saying a woman. Now, I believe conservatives stand for biblical theological values. And I threw my hat in and I volunteered myself because there was no one that was standing up for what was right. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, well, you should say it this way, or you should say it that way. Or maybe if you didn't say it so rough that you'd get more votes or more people would donate or fund to you. And I said, okay, I serve the living God. And as far as I'm concerned, we have Capitol Hill, or as I would like to say, uh, a building full of uncircumcised Philistines that are making a mockery out of our God. And, you know, like the story of David and Goliath, all I need is five stones, mm. five good stones. Mm. And I believe that the, the pandemic that's taken place has been more of an awakening to the conservative biblically sound individuals such as myself and many others that are, are currently following uh, the campaign and walking alongside me through this journey. So I would say the primary reason for jumping in was because there were no real authentic Christ followers in office. Everybody was compromising. Everyone was pointing the finger saying someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. But I'm a firm believer that God made you and I to be that someone else that will do it. So it's unfortunate that it's come to this, but I'm not here to appease the, the people. I'm here to serve the people. Mm -hmm. I am simply a vessel, if you will. And, and in the same sense, that's the same way a, a representative house is supposed to be. 
-hmm. You can tell a person until you're blue in the face, all the things you're going to do, but you're just making noise. If you're not actually going to the people saying, Hey, what needs to be done so we can build this community. So I just kind of got sick of hearing politics. I, I really did. There was a lot of jogging in place and no one really running the race. Mm-hmm. Boy, that is so true. And, uh, you know, when you talk about just making a bunch of noise and you, you, you know, keep hearkening back to, to scripture, I'm like, yeah, there's that clanging gong again, right? You're just out there making these clanging gong sounds. I, and especially when you brought up ending a prayer with a nonsense made up word, a woman to pander, there's no reason to have said that other than to pander to people because amen has nothing to do with the, the sex or gender uh, of human beings. Oh, now I get it. I was trying to figure out the a woman thing, but you're right. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I just had to say that. <laughs> that was re- a man, a woman. That's come on. And then you take that and then you go, you know, they were as, as bold faced serious about saying a woman as they are about any number of other things. And so couldn't we very easily stand back here and go, well, if one thing is nonsense, then there's a whole lot of nonsense going on in, in many arenas. I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I've said it once and I'll, uh, I've said it a hundred times now, the current representatives, and as I've mentioned before, I'm holding everybody's feet to the fire. I don't care how much money, how much power you have. I know somebody who has more power than everybody that's living on this planet right now. That's the living God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cancel myself or silence myself. If you're not doing anything wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. But if you've got skeletons in the closet, mm-hmm. They're going to, what, what's in dark comes to light. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just to the point where I'm so fed up with people trying to tell me I need to cater to a certain group or cater to a certain amount of people. If, I mean, the Republican party, the Democratic party, any type of party has gotten so content as individuals leaving a footprint rather than leaving a foundation. Mm. As an American, your goal is to do what? Serve, be a good citizen to the community and contribute something. Now, if you're leaving a footprint, nine times out of 10, it's going to get blown away. Somebody else is going to step over. It's going to get messed up. But we need to be laying a foundation for the next generation because our next generation is lost in the sauce. They have no idea what, whether they're coming or going. They are so confused. And it's by default. It's on us. It's mm-hmm. on the generations that are, are currently in place and the wiser generations. Mm-hmm. They, I've, I've sat with guys that you know, have lived my life twice now that have said, you know, you're, you're young, you still got a lot of life to live. And I said, yeah, and you're old and you've lived so much and you've given me nothing. Mm. Silver or gold, you do not have, but what you do have, you should do freely, which would be wisdom. You know what this country was built upon, yet mm-hmm. you hoard it. Your cup yeah. overflows for what? So you can pour into the younger generation, Absolutely. but they've neglected that. And that's why we're in this mess that we're in right now. The Republican party has done a horrible job with mentoring the next generation. Well, the scary thing about what you're going to be up against, Alex, is that you're going to be running and um, you're going to get voted in and the people that that you work for don't know what they want because they've been they've been lied to. They've been they, yeah. they don't they don't even know what true freedom is. They don't know. We just had another show and I found out that we elect people to give us permission. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. You mm-hmm. are elected to represent us, but it's scary because how are you going to represent people that don't even know what they want because they've been it, through the colleges and everything else have been taught opposite of what America is. Obey, consume. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. It's a big problem. It's a really big problem, but I'm an educator and I'm an inquirer. I love asking questions. I'm always going to ask more questions than I give answers. A lot of people keep asking me, what are you going to do when you get in? What are you going to, what are you going to make? What do you, what, what, what? It's like, no, 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 no. What do you want me to do? What needs to be done? You're in the community. If I'm up in DC, I can't see the, the full fledged issue that's going on. So you tell me what needs to be done, which brings me to my next uh, monologue. We're supposed to have smaller government. Government is essentially in place to do what? to oversee and make sure things are being carried out. 
They have no business telling us how we should walk, how we should talk, what we should eat, what we should wear, where and how to do things. And for the love of Joseph Smith, for Pete's sake, you're telling me I, I have to wear a mask to go into the grocery store? Before you know it, they'll be telling us to wrap your face with saran wrap. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. And, you know, since we are uh, Gun Freedom Radio, we're a Second Amendment uh, show primarily, I want to ask a question there, and then we can branch off on other things. Uh, and, and it kind of incorporates all of this that we're talking about. There's um, a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of disinformation out there. Uh, the, the way that government and the citizenry now are structured is upside down from where our founders had intended, where we are asking permission. We are allowing uh, government officials to tell us that we have to cover our faces with, with a piece of cloth that's, we have no idea uh, any efficacy of that. I personally think that there's very little efficacy and I think it's capturing germs and giving us more germs uh, in a concentrated form than, than protecting us from germs. But getting back to the second amendment and this idea of a revival of our founding principles, which is found in this document right here, this big, thick war and peace, you know, all of 49 pages right here mm -hmm. takes you like an hour and a half to read the constitution, the bill of rights. Um, what is going to help the citizenry, especially younger people, because I think you could have a very powerful voice with younger voters. Uh, how are they going to care enough about a document that they maybe have never even read, never even, maybe they don't, if they know it exists, they probably think that it's some old white man's, uh, you know, diatribe, instead of understanding that it is a precious inheritance for all people. How are we going to reach them to help them care enough to stand up for the Second Amendment in the form of supporting candidates and voting for candidates who also support that? Mm, this is a fun question. I, when I was when I was with the military, uh, people used to tell me I should get a pistol tattooed to my hip because I'm so quick with my responses. But uh, I digress. Besides the point, I would say education. Our our people perish because of what? Lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom. Educating our our youth and our our inner city communities and the communities as a whole about the Second Amendment and what the, the Second Amendment wasn't implemented to protect the government. The Second Amendment was implemented to protect the people from the government. If you look at every tyrannical, communistic, socialistic country, the one thing that they gave up was their right to bear arms. One of many. But the minute they gave all the power to the government, they lost their freedoms. If you want the government to support you, you want the government to give you AKA stimulus checks, then you have no freedoms. You have no rights because the government is providing everything for you. Freedom is nothing more than you having the right to have accountability to do what you're supposed to do as an American citizen. And if you forfeit those rights, you don't have a say. Mm -hmm. As we see in Argentina, Venezuela. Mm -hmm. So I, I think education is huge. It's a huge thing. And the fact that our schools are not teaching this should be a huge concern to the parents. Like, I, I can't even remember what I learned in high school. I've learned more on the streets than I've learned in high school. How to do stupid stuff with girls, how to get out of class. I mean, <laughs> guys told me like they had, security would tell me they had tapes stacked this high of me roaming around in the halls. They would like place bets on me, like where I was gonna go next because I was never in class. Mm -hmm. So you, you ask yourself, what really does public school teach you? Mm. Not to mention that statistically speaking, a private school is cheaper than a public school because you have all the federal money that's being pumped in there. Nobody knows where that goes, but mm. you know, that's none of my business apparently because I'm just a young 26 year old congressional candidate. But as, a, as it stands, I think permitting and allowing individuals to be able to go set up events where you have kids learn gun safety, set up events where you have people that have guns. Cause I've got, I know friends that have got more guns that got t-shirts, mm -hmm. allow people to shoot, allow, allow kids to understand that guns don't kill people. 
people kill people. And it's not black against white, it's black and white against idiots. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Absolutely. So I think education is huge. Stand up for your second amendment because th that piece of steel is what guarantees you peace and freedom and peace of mind, if you will. But you can't teach it, in, you can't learn it in the schools if they're not teaching it in the schools. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we put pressure on the liberal schools. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that we're applying pressure in all the wrong areas. We're doing a lot of, hey, look over here and not paying attention to what's going on over right. here. Mm -hmm. So America's hemorrhaging right now. But if you take, if you take America and you, you actually look at the body of America, let's just talk anatomy for a second. We're treating an issue that doesn't need to be treated. America is bleeding internally, but we're treating it as if, as if it has a headache. Okay, take some Tylenol. Well, you're bleeding internally. Why are you giving it Tylenol? Mm -hmm. You need surgery. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem. To me, that's a metaphoric analogy of what we need to be looking at. That's what's happening to America right now. The so real saying, issue. So what you're saying is there's a lot of cancer in Congress. Yeah. That's that needs to be cut out. There needs to be a surgery that needs to take place. As Trump said, drain the swamp. Drain and me, swamp. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Kill the exterminator in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and even that kind of language, right? We, we sit here on the show and we, you know, and I make speeches and I say, you know, we've got to fight for our rights. Well, the other side who wants to twist and pervert and uh, you know, say things like a woman to end a prayer. They want to say, oh, we're, we're using insightful language to incite violence. No, we're not. We're using action words to say, these are things that need to be done. We're not inciting violence. We're trying to incite people to care about their rights, about their, their history, about their future. And we're saying that we have to start where we start, whatever you did yesterday, you, you did, but today take an interest, you know, help out candidates that are coming into this arena so that we don't just keep reelecting the same people over and over and over again. And mm. that is how we get in there and cut out the cancer and drain the swamp and all those things that we're saying, uh, you know, mm. But you know what I find interesting? Mm -hmm. Sorry to, to interject, That's but okay. you have a lot of people that have come to me and they've said, well, what makes you qualified to be a candidate? You, you, we have other qualified candidates that are running in this, in this district or that district. And, I, and my response is simple. What qualifies a, a qualified politician? Stealing? Because that's all I've seen. The politicians have only done one thing, and that's steal money from the American people and funnel money in other places. They have no business funneling in, mm -hmm. like Pakistan. That's not America. What are yeah. we sending money over there for? Yeah. To be a, to be a representative of the people, it, it, oh, gosh, I could go on and on. Like, my IQ drops every time I listen to some of these representatives. It's ridiculous. It does not take rocket science to do politics. You open your ears, you open your eyes, you open your heart. You listen to the people. They say, we need this. You say, hmm, seems legit. Let's go talk to the other guys. And then you sign a little bill and it's, it's good to go. It's simple as that. Everyone's like, oh, it's, it's complex. No, it's not. No, it's not. Stop mm -hmm. it. Well, there's nothing to complex. complex to keep new citizens, younger citizens from trying to enter the arena. And so I, I agree with you. Keep it as simple as possible. Don't let people try to scare you away with their you know, their ideas of how complex it all is. I mean, our founders, mm. again, like I said, in 49 pages, they somehow managed to write our roadmap, write mm. our recipe book, write our, our legacy for how to organize and run uh, an, a nation. It can be done in yeah. 49 pages in a pocket-sized book. I don't think it has to be as But I'm going to interject on that. How many people that have been elected to uh, represent us mm -hmm. that swear to that constitution when they get elected, mm -hmm. follow it. Protect it and defend to follow it. it. I mean, look at there the New Jersey. I have to mention, problem. I have to mention the New Jersey governor again. He said that the constitution was above his pay grade. This is a governor of New Jersey said that publicly on TV. This, Believe the constitution it. is above my 
Hey, great. Because it happened. Yes. All right. So every so who, person. So who, <laughs> right. He said, well, then there, you're there fired, mind. right? You should be able to say you're fired, right? Yes. Which yes. takes us back to Trump again. You're fired. Okay. <laughs> next question. Um, talking about, you know, needlessly complicating things and, and making things more confused than they need to be. The news, and I always have to use air quotes when I say the news, it is filled uh, with always wrong information, misinformation, uh, dramatic and emotional information. However, right now there are images of total chaos at our southern border. Uh, if your campaign is successful, this is going to be a major humanitarian issue and a politically laced mess that someone is going to need to clean up. And we are a border state here in Arizona. You're running for Congress here in Arizona. Talk to us about that particular issue. I'd love to. Hi, I'm someone who's gonna help clean it up. It's as simple as this, you create a merit bill. We don't have an issue with you coming to our country, but if you're gonna come here, you're gonna earn your keep just like everybody else. When I was in the military, we had people that were IAs that earned their freedom and earned their citizenship by going to basic training, becoming a soldier, serving their time. We're not, this isn't free 99 country. You're not just gonna come here and just live off of federal funding. American people are hardworking, patriotic human beings. You have to earn your right. That's the, that's the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, sin was born in the world and you have to toll the land. But you're not gonna come here and just get a handout. You'll get a hand up, but you're not gonna get a handout. So learn a skill, learn, learn something that you can offer. What are you bringing to our country besides narcotics, drugs, and trying to traffic our children? But if you don't have anything to offer, then we don't want you. Just like no other country would want you. We're the only country that I can think of off the top of my cranium that just lets people come in. Yeah, sure, we'll take everybody, yeah. But what about the infrastructure and the economy? That's hurting our economy. That's hurting our infrastructure and that's hurting the future for our foundation, mm -hmm. for the kids that are gonna grow up that are American citizens. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to offer? That's what I wanna implement, a merit bill. Every other country has it. We're the only one giving people handouts. If our lights go off, everybody else's lights go off. I love people in general, but what are you going to bring to this country? If you don't have anything to bring to this country, maybe you should stay where you're at until you can pick up a skill or, craft, or some type of craftsmanship and then come here. We welcome you with open arms. Americans are hospitable people, but what do you have to offer? Mm -hmm. How are you gonna to contribute to the community? Very interesting. And so again, when we watch the news in air quotes, we are inundated <laughs> with ads for pharmaceuticals. So clearly big pharma is a major funding agent of the information that we are fed as news. I mean, I think that just logically follows. Um, mm. Is there any regulation that needs to happen there? Yes, there is regulation that needs to happen there. I take a deep breath because I have so many opinions. I trade the stock market. I know how big pharma is and I know how they like to manipulate things and they're, they're the sneaky little buggers. Besides the point, what I will say is Trump tried and he almost was successful with implementing a policy to mandate and mitigate the, the, the confusion, if you will, about big pharma and taxes on medication. Now, people know people that are diabetic, people know people that have cancer, people know people that have fill in the blank. Why are we charging them an arm and a leg? It's almost as if they want people to pay to live. They're American citizens. So you're telling me that a person who jumps over the wall is more important than a 50-year-old, a 60-year-old American that's uh, uh, a union worker? They can't control the fact that they got cancer. They can't control that they worked in a coal mine. Mm -hmm. Or they can't control they were exposed to Agent Orange. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out a way to make Big Pharma play nice. Because mm -hmm. Big Pharma doesn't care about the people. They care about lining their pockets. So we need to apply pressure on big pharma. We need to make drugs or medications more affordable. Mm -hmm. That's what Trump was trying to do. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. It just so happens I'm a lot younger, so I have a lot more time to try and get this passed. 
Mm-hmm. But th- why, why recreate something? Trump said it himself. We need to make drugs and we need to make insulin. We need to make things more affordable for people. We don't need to raise the minimum wage. We need to lower the cost of living. Mm-hmm. We need to lower the cost of medication. Gotcha. Because people are still working the same amount. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's almost in vain. If, you're, if you work 400 and something hours a week, exaggerating, obviously, and your medication takes up two-fourths of your income, mm-hmm. now you have to choose. Do I eat or do I medicate myself? Do I eat and feed my kids or do I medicate myself? Mm-hmm. That's not a place Americans should be in. We're the most prosperous country on the planet. Yeah. yeah. That's so the that's first time I've heard me. that by a politician. I'm going to call you a politician because you're running for Congress, but you are. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll <clears throat> be a public servant, right. but not that's, a politician. That's the first time I've heard that instead of raising the minimum wage, lower the cost of living. That is a good one. You need to hang on to that. If you sink, sink that in and look at our gas prices, look medical prices, all this other stuff. Why not instead of trying to catch up to that number? Because it's like college uh, colleges that, you know, they, you, you apply for a college grant. They just keep raising the prices up. So you can never really afford it. Lower the prices. Unbelievable. This is for free. And if anybody out there is listening, I'm trying not to get suicided. I know Hillary's probably listening out there somewhere. I mean, same thing. But anyways, what I will say is the market has unlimited prosperity. I teach people in our communities how to create passive income in the stock market. Think about a world where you could teach your five-year-old daughter or son to create passive income for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Keeping us confused keeps the elitist in business. Mm-hmm. Somebody that was an elitist and then became more of a, a Republican conservative taught me how to trade the stock market. Mm-hmm. But understand that the stock market is not our enemy. Fear is what? False evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. There is nothing scary about the stock market. Our people perish because of lack of knowledge. And if we actually start teaching things that are worth teaching in school, We'll have more doctors. We'll have more police. We'll have more firefighters. We lower the cost of living because there's unlimited prosperity in the market. Two things move it, fear and greed. So is it fear or greed that's moving the market? Because the, the higher things go, the higher the market has to go. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's manipulation in a sense, but no one will call it out unless it's AMC or, or, or GME. The little guy's figuring it out. And now elitists are like, hey, hey, you can't do that. But well, if I just we didn't go have back fear, to... if we didn't have fear, we wouldn't have the greed because if, if people weren't afraid of it, they would fight it and the competition would have to come down in prices. Long story, but I, I think that, I think you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, working on a lot of stuff right now. I'm not even in office yet, but I, I've, I've got the ear of a lot of people because I've, I've, I've had nothing, absolutely nothing. I still don't have anything. I, I went to college. And got edumacated to learn a whole bunch of stuff that I still yet to use in society. Education just shows that I can be teachable. Yes. Well, congratulations on being educated and not indoctrinated because there's a push (laughs) on that and bringing ourselves back around to the idea of education. Um, We've just lived through uh, a crazy year plus now of COVID restrictions that are still impacting many people, including families with children who were suddenly the families in the position of trying to homeschool. I was doing my best to homeschool my, my young granddaughter. And I've realized that is not my gift. I have lots of gifts. That one is not mine. Um, and, and this online learning, you know, a six-year-old in front of a computer doing independent learning, uh, there was, there was nothing independent and there was nothing, uh, as far as learning going on there. But as people are navigating which schools are allowing, allowing, here we are again, allowing students back into the classrooms and how many hours kids are being forced to wear those masks and, and these other forms of institutionalizing uh, our future generations, what is your stance on the parents' ability and power to choose and have school choice and whatever school looks like, whether it's private, whether it, it is, you know, an online source that they choose, not something the school has set up, their, their traditional school, uh, you know, whatever it is, what is your stance on the, the parent being able to have the, the power and the say there? 
Once again, I've got an answer for everything, right? So I, I, I would ask the question to those who are parents currently out there. When do you stop being a parent? The answer is simple. <laughs> never. never. You I never stop being a parent. A grown child. And I, I mean, I'm not, I don't parent her in the same ways as when she was young, but you're always in that, that parental role, that leadership role. Correct. Which brings me to my next statement. If you never stop being a parent, part of a parent's role is to raise their children, mm. not some child, mm. their children. Mm. Parents need to take ownership of their children mm -hmm. as they once did. Now everybody's afraid of CPS, EPS, DCS, CCS, whatever it's called, because we've got all these ECSs, mm -hmm. but they're afraid to teach them in the way so they do not perish or fall away from it. Mm. You're a parent. You're supposed to parent your children, not the television, not the schoolhouse, not the government. So if you don't raise your kids, something else will. And I was intentional with saying something else because I wouldn't say it's people, but the media is raising children nowadays mm. because Republicans, Americans have gotten too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses. We need to figure it out like yesterday. I don't know what happened to America, but maybe we hit our head or something. Good times make soft men and hard times make strong men. I don't know. But too soon, old, too late, smart was the old theme. And we've lost it. The older generation has neglected, quite frankly, abandoned the upcoming generation. And if, if you should take it personal, if you're listening, I, I haven't, it, maybe you, maybe you haven't, but maybe your neighbor has, and maybe their neighbor's neighbor, neighbor has, mm -hmm. we have to be accountable, take ownership of the kids. School choice changed my life. Mm -hmm. And that was because I had a great aunt who acted as a parent for me and allowed me to go to that school. And here I am now two college degrees later running for Congress awesome you know i am the older generation you are the older and generation. i'll tell you right after you get out of school and you start a life then it's to, then it's here i'm here you now I'm, it's gone yeah blink it's gone it's... it's like how did i let so much of that stuff slip through my hands well i was really fortunate cheryl is a great parent and I'm not saying I'm a bad parent, but she's a great parent. And she made saying sure that because I'm sitting right, right next to him. Like, <laughs> she made sure that my smart, daughter, smart man, <laughs> she made sure my daughter took the right steps. And my daughter, I'm very proud of my daughter. She's, she's, she's a thinker. She's not a, a follower of the sheep. She, she thinks and she leads. She never got out of the why stage. And we love that about <clears> her, right? <throat> you know, question authority is just when she would question my authority. That was like, wait a minute. I didn't mean me. I meant everybody else. But, well, uh, it's so hard because the generation I'm in, I mean, you know, you got out of school, you worked, you worked, you worked, you worked, and you were clouded with all the other things because you had to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. And so, and then how about the parents that don't have the, the wife or the husband to help them with all this stuff. So they struggle. And so it's, you know, it's, I think that's how we got to where we got. There's more. It goes back to what we mentioned, lowering the cost of living would eliminate so many different issues we have. Right. And how about we, we start with the amount we pay to taxes because with all of the, the tax rebates, which is what I'm personally calling these uh, COVID checks, uh, and payments that are coming out, if they can survive with that much less money, uh, you know what? I think that we're due for lower taxes, but that we can talk about on another show. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just ask you to tell us a little bit as we start winding down about your actual campaign. Uh, what exact office are you running for? What exact area are you running in? Um, just kind of dive into all of that. Yeah, so I am running for U.S. House District 7 in Phoenix. So there, there's a couple of cities, uh, Guadalupe, Maryville, Avondale, Tolleson, uh, South Phoenix, South Phoenix, I believe, because South Mountain is a part of it as well. The borders are kind of cut really interesting, almost as if Democrats cut it themselves. But I digress. That's open for interpretation. 
Uh, I know things by zip code because I've moved so much around here. But be that as it may, uh, District 7 is a, a inner city district. Uh, there's a lot of things that my campaign is doing actively. We have a, a drug operations team that goes out to pull drug addicts and drug dealers off the street and get them registered to vote. And we get involved. We're supposed to be the hands and feet. And I, I'm yet to see anybody else in, in Congress or any other candidates do the things that my team is doing. We've become a red wave movement. It's not just blacks. It's not just whites. It's not just Mexicans. It's, it's united unity, Americans helping other Americans. And if we all just did that just once a day, just a little bit, a little bit better every day, we would change this nation forever. Mm-hmm. But you can follow me on uh, Alex for Arizona, Instagram, uh, Twitter is Alex Stolball and Alex for Congress on Facebook. And alexforarizona.com if you want to donate a dollar, five dollar, three dollar, any kind of dollar, because I've got to take care of my people. And we all know that campaigning can be very timely and expensive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just very quickly, so that because a lot of times people recognize the name of maybe the incumbent, uh, who is it that you would hope to unseat? Ruben Galiego, or as I say, Ruben Go Go Go. Yep. We, we are familiar with Ruben Gallego. He is no friend to the Second Amendment. And uh, so uh, we would not be sad to see him pack his bags and have a, a nice, young, energetic, uh, GOP. Uh, Enthusiastic. Constitutional, <laughs> yes, constitutionally based uh, new person in that office. So uh, we are excited to see the energy that you're bringing to that. Uh, I'm hoping that people will uh, not just you, of course, support you, but not just you help new people who are trying to, you know, get into this arena to give us a fresh future uh, that is based on the foundations of our past. Um, hoping that people will get energized to, to help out with that. And, and maybe some people listening are like, you know what? I'm loving how Alex talks. I love how he uh, envisions the future. Maybe this is for me too. Like maybe there are other people out there, not just in Arizona, but across this nation who are going to be inspired by your example, Alex. Alex, I'm going to pray for you too. Um, the, the, the battle that you have against you right now is that America is going to, especially the areas that you're uh, campaigning for, seems like a lot of people are looking for the free things. You know, I want it because it's free and it's, it's hard because what you're standing for and what we should stand for as America is everybody's pitch in and do their work. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> and so just, just keep up the good work. Just keep it up. Let people know that you'll get more out of life if you work for what you have. Absolutely. And it's so much more fulfilling. Oh, it is. Yes, absolutely. Say the name of your website one more time, and we are going to let you go. Alex4Arizona.com, the F-O-R, not the number four. <laughs> and is Arizona all spelled out, or is it the A-Z version? Yes, Arizona is all, all spelled, spelled out. out. Fantastic. Alex Stovall running for Congress here in Arizona. Give him a look, give him some help, give him some donations. Give him some dollars. Um, prayers. And some prayers. prayers. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alex. We will talk you. to you soon. You guys be blessed and uh, hope your Easter was great. Thank, Thank you. you. You Bye-bye. as well. Bye-bye. God bless. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's good to see somebody with that kind of energy. And, you know, somebody that that broke that way that the colleges were taught teaching people because he's in that he's in that group Mm -hmm. two degrees he said i mean clearly he has spent some time uh with some of these instructors we uh saw a video fairly recently where uh an instructor the the student's voice uh we couldn't see either the instructor or the student on the video it was just their voices it must have been a zoom call or something Student's voice sounded fairly deep, it was male. So I, th- I think maybe it was a college class or, or something. The professor uh, had put up a picture of um, two, two ladies. It looked like two ladies just kind of standing back to back. And that was the whole picture. 
And the professor said, uh, tell me what you see. And the student said, two people chilling. And the professor was like, oh, come on. And the student was like, what do you mean? Oh, come on. I see two people chilling. And uh, the professor began badgering the student. And finally, the student said, I'm not sure what it is you're looking for here. Are you wanting me to comment on their, their race or their gender? And uh, the teacher said, well, of course, because you can't not see that. And the student- You cannot see that. That's- Can't there not you go. see that. They and the, the student did such a good job of holding his ground. And I was so proud of the student and proud of his parents, because honestly, that's what we taught our daughter to see as well. Right. Two people chilling. And then if we needed more of a description, well, which two people? Well, then tell me what they're wearing right? Or something more about their behavior. Why do we have to go to that presumptive place, right? That, that digs into this whole politically charged thing about gender and race and that sort of thing, when we can very simply say, oh, there's two people chilling. Right. And so what this, what he's doing is teaching division. Yes, absolutely. And teaching people but to teaching emphasize, it, but not saying things it. like race and gender, but they're like, not why do we saying have to emphasize it, right? that? They're not saying it, but they're teaching it. Right. And if, if the student hadn't realized that he was being baited, if it was just a, a conversation with a friend and he said something about, well, look at those two ladies over there, or look at the, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, don't hear what I'm not saying to quote my good friend and pastor James Corden of Camelback Community Church. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, look at those two ladies or, or whatever, mm -hmm. or even commenting on <clears throat> your perceived color, you know, hue of their skin. But right now it's become uh, a manipulation. It's become uh, a bait. It's become a trap. And God, I, I remember when I was, I mean, young, I mean, when Cassie was just like four or five years old. Cassie's and if our I, daughter. my daughter, and she, if I said something, there was a black and white man on the corner of the street, she says, what difference does it make? She'd tell me that. Yeah. What difference does it make? Why can't you just say there's two men? Yeah, right. Right? And it's, it's not, it's not yeah. what I said was not uh, Wrong. racist or anything, right. Right. but you know, I just, so, and, but now the teachers are trying to teach that. Yeah. We want you to separate those two people. Yeah. And if you separate them, how racist is that can be if you're teaching that that's crazy yeah. but at mm. any rate um it's it's a crazy a weird time out there and to be a young person like alex is uh he said he's 26 um that's old enough i don't mean to say he's he's young and therefore you know shouldn't be running for office i don't mean that again don't hear what i'm not saying i'm just saying that that is the next generation that is coming up and eligible to uh, run for these kinds of offices. That's rough and tumble. That is hard to, to put yourself in that position. I so admire that. I do hope that this interview is going to inspire <clears throat> some other younger people of the next generation to, to step up and step forward. And, and the, those of us that are in the older generation, we have to recognize their effort. We have to support their effort. Because we all have, I hate to say it, we all have an expiration date and we don't point at me when you say that we <laughs> don't point at me when you we, say I that I didn't, I promise. <sighs> uh, we have to be sure that we have mentored in mentored up uh, people who understand, understand the responsibilities they have to carry on our constitutional legacy and what our founding fathers and mothers fought, bled, starved, and died to secure for us. Yeah, and I, I have to add to that. Okay, <clears throat> what, I will let you. What is, I will give you permission. What is wrong? Because we love that word. What is wrong with America? I will allow you. For the last, you know, 200 and whatever, 20 years, it, it has some issues, but the core, there's nothing wrong with the core. That constitution, there is nothing wrong there. Everybody's created equal. Everybody, the whole works. Well, we now, have to, we had to we, work on it we, a little no, bit over no, the years. No, we have some issues. Mm -hmm. I understand it. But what this the new groups are trying to do is completely remove the that foundation. Yes. 
And that's the scary part. It's almost like if you don't like the foundation, move to another house, get out of the, get out. So I was having a, an online uh, chat conversation debate with someone recently. And um, I don't remember what my post was that caused this person to say, you know, yeah, but America is based on, you know, racist and sexist ideals. And um, I said, well, okay, what are you doing other than throwing mud on the people who had to write something, had to do something, right? They had to give us some kind of a roadmap and you have to judge history by history, not by hindsight. But rather than just throwing mud on the people who did, you know, the best they could at that time, I believe, uh, what are you doing today to better it, to better our nation? And, um, you know, he sidestepped it. He didn't want to, you know, answer the question directly. And I said, well, I guess what you are going to do is you're going to, uh, be moving to whatever nation doesn't have sexist and racist beginnings and, and histories. Yes. Is that what you're going to do? Because there are none. Exactly. And that was the one thing that he did say back that was actually true because of the rest of the stuff that he wanted to say was, you know, just talking point after talking point with no original thought behind it. And he said, well, there are no nations that, that don't, but uh, blah, 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 America's bad. Um, well, America can't be horribly bad. If everybody's wanting to come if here. everybody's wanting to come yeah. here. I mean, our borders are being stormed by uh, people who are not... Um, Too happy with the places they live. Exactly. Right. So, you know, we don't have to ignore what has been less than great. We can always work for what is good. But to take this stance that, you know, because we have any holes or stains on the fabric of our, our nation in the past, that, that we should walk around with ashes on our heads or walk around in shame. Destroy That's it. That's a lie. Right. Just destroy it all and start again won't work because we need our history to learn. Well, we have it, to have it. And it would be interesting because they'd probably end up with something pretty dang similar to, you know, to fix the problems we have now, we're going to end up with something pretty similar Except, to like, if we could go back and do this again, if came we could, up with, cause it was like, get government out of our personal lives. If we could go back and do this again, I would say, okay, on the second amendment, here's what we're going to do guys. Instead, we're just going to say guns are, cannot be infringed on. Uh, shall not be infringed. No, founders did no, that. you said shall you can, no, you say no guns shall be infringed on. And then I, we'll define the word infringe uh -huh. and we'll make it so that there doesn't need to have any kind of attorneys or lawyers to try to figure this stuff out. Could we just put the word nope? No. Yeah, just no. <laughs> no, that'd nope. be good. Guns. Well, you can't say guns, no. <laughs> That's that, right. That's true. You, you have to say guns. Any infringements? No. Nope. No infringements. But what right. about nope? How about if nope? If so. they're a U.S. citizen. That's the thing I still don't quite understand. Who is protected by the Constitution? Are U.S. citizens protected by the Constitution? Or are the people who are here, even if they're not citizens, protected by the Constitution? But if the case is that if you're a citizen and you are bound by the Constitution, then shall not be infringed would apply to you because you're a U.S. citizen. Now, you could lose your U.S. citizenship by creating a violent felon, and then therefore would not have your rights again to that. But that's, we could go on for hours with this. We sure could. We absolutely could. There's lots and lots there to unpack and talk about. And that's why we'll have many more episodes of Gun Freedom, Freedom Radio. Radio. All right, gang, we've got to get out of here. Thank you so much to our amazing listeners all over, not just this nation, all over the world, all over the planet. If there's internet, we have listeners and we value you so much because these messages, these conversations, these topics that we uh, get to discuss with our subject matter experts, they are, you are carrying them all over the world because of the conversations that you then have around your dinner table and 
when you go out to dinner with your friends, which were allowed to do again, when you go to your child's little league baseball game or soccer game or uh, tennis game or whatever that we are now allowed to do again. Uh, thank you so much for taking those conversations into your spheres of influence. Uh, if you would like to listen to any of our other shows, or if you missed any portion of this, you can find us on the smartphone app called OpsLens. You can watch the video on YouTube until they decide to kick us off because guns. Uh, on the smart, uh, I'm sorry, on the gun streamer uh, website. And if you want to watch, I mean, listen to the audio only version, then go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to, to your, your heart's, heart's content, content, darling. And if you want to see photos and bios and links to all of the guests oh we've my. ever had on, <laughs> click on uh, gunfreedomradio.com, click on the guest tab. And it, there is a huge uh, body of information there. And when you spend time there, we don't hate that. All right, gang, until next time, what are we going to do, Dan? Pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our representatives, representatives. our elected officials, our leaders. <laughs> don't say that word. Let's quit using that word. How about? We, if we want to move to England, we can say leaders, but we don't. Okay, but I said during our interview with Alex, that parents are leaders, right? We are leaders of in our families and right. So I would like people to pray for me as a leader. I'd like people to pray for you as a leader. Okay. You're a leader in okay. our business okay. organization. Okay. It's, see, I'm learning every day. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. But what if what if there are some of those people, those leaders, those representatives, those what do you mean? Officials? What if there are? What do you mean? What do you mean? What if there are? I mean, just assume the hypothetical that there might be. It would be easier to say, what if there wasn't a few? Wouldn't it? <laughs> are Come we on. Still, are we still going to pray for the ones we don't like? Yes, we're going to pray for everybody, but don't go there. What if there were? Maybe Come especially on. the ones we don't like. All right, gang, have a great week. Be good to each other. Bye-bye.